Geek Shock. Geek Shock. An extra hour in the So right now it's just the chest congestion. I've been fighting. I, I didn't have problems when I first came to Vegas. Uh, everybody always says, oh, yeah, you get Vegas or whatever. It didn't bother me. When I started having problems, actually, with my throat, oddly enough, was when I was when I was working at Trek. Yeah. And they opened up the Borg side and the chemical smoke. I don't have anything to do with it or not, but at the same time that that was going on was when they were doing all the construction in Vegas. Yeah. And they were tearing oh, yeah. up the desert and all this shit. And that stuff has been yeah. untouched. Well, untouched ever. You know, it's never been touched, period. Um Kind of like me in the past seven years, but um, I it, see you, you know, touching yourself every morning. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about other people, you okay. know. Um, but Not really, but um, no, I, and and I started having problems with my throat, and I've had problems off and on my throat ever since. So I don't know. Hmm. It's a tough atmosphere for the voice. Especially for singers. Oh, man. This town is not kind on singers. No. This no, is this no, is no. the town that killed Mel Torme. That's the famous uh, thing. Right? <laughs> 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 One scat too uh, many. Just, yeah. Just too, much, scat. Too, too much, no, too much, too much a, scat. That's, that's what movie. got him. Yeah. That's another movie. <laughs> <laughs> too much freaking scat. Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number 270. I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And we have two special guests. Phil Fitzloff. And Eric Randall. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. But before we do that, uh, gentlemen, I want to talk about, uh, first tell me about yourselves, and then I want to hear about your project that you've got going on. Uh, well, you're, you're more important. You go first. <laughs> well, that's why you should well, say we're the saving best. the best for last. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, they, still <laughs> they, they still haven't shown up yet. So, yeah. <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. Okay. okay, okay. Well, uh, Phil Fitzloff. Uh, God, what, what all do you want to know? What all? What all can I? Well, what the listeners should know <laughs> yeah, is that should... we all have a history of all working at Star Trek. Again. That's a good, yeah. right? That yeah. is true. You know, most things all circle back around to Star Trek: The Experience and with this podcast. And God, really bl- God bless Star Trek: The Experience. I swear to God, it's and uh, much fun in my life. Both of these guys have uh, have been performers and. Uh, Actors in different projects throughout Vegas, and uh, I guess Phil, we could call you uh, film producer, director, writer. Das You've worn many job. of those hats, right? Oh yeah, stripper. Yeah. And yeah, stripper. Uh, yeah. same thing with Eric. Uh, and Eric uh, has done uh, a great deal of voice work. Has done work on the local news here in Vegas for some time. Does lots of car shows now. All kinds of announcing gigs. And uh, yeah, very recognizable tones. The dulcet, the dulcet amber yeah. waves they, they, that yeah. roll, yeah. And, and, and you should hear me talk. Right, exactly, oh, yeah. exactly. So, uh, so Phil, I know yeah. you, uh, right now you two are heavily involved in a new children's animation project using CGI. Right, and this show is called what? Max Adventure. Oh, look out! <laughs> <laughs> and so, give us a rundown. How did Max Adventure come about? What is it about, and where are you right now with the project? Well, the original story was, <laughs> funny enough, developed when I was 14, and it was supposed to be a big major motion picture using my you know, Super 8 camera and no cast or money. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, it Kinda got... Like now. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things, things haven't really changed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so it sat on the shelf, and just because I, I liked the world of it, it sat on the shelf, and got rewritten and rewritten and rewritten. And then I saw um, Bob Zemeckis' Beowulf. And I thought, aha, here's a way I can pull this thing off and uh, do it in a way that's really cost-effective for the most part. And um, now, 
just to back up a little bit, during this time, I had stepped out of entertainment a little bit, went back to college, and started working in the psychology realm of, of things and became a, a family and child uh, counselor. And I thought, well, you know, uh, this is all nice and good, but it kind of blows chunks at the same time, too. So I wanted to get back into doing something that I thought was, I hate to say, fun. Um, and something I thought, more your calling. Yeah. What you feel is your calling. And yeah. I was trying to figure out how can I how can I combine these two together? So I got my geek on and I put in my, my uh, 80s He-Man and was geeking out to that. And I thought, here we go. I haven't seen something like this done in forever, mm-hmm. you know, where you have like this, this really cool action show and it's tied up at the end. In today's episode, we learned, you know, and I thought, well, all right, I will take that script that has now three inches of dust on it. And at the time it was called the Mishia Zone. I'm going to revamp it. Hold on. Hold on. The Mishia Zone? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Was this a purse drama? <laughs> I like how you just glazed over the fact that it all comes back around to He-Man there, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right past that. Don't poke part. the bear, Jeff. <laughs> me, me Shia. Can you pass here? <laughs> me Shia zone. Okay. That's actually, it really started transvestite. You know, that's, 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 that too. Shia that's, exactly. that's what I was kind yeah, of The Mishi like. bag is what I was going for. <laughs> exactly. The Mishi zone. All right, go, go but, ahead. But see, then that's exactly why I had to rewrite it for you know, a kid's yeah, right. audience. Uh, Max Adventure. Yeah. In drag. Yeah. You know the glory holes, mm-hmm. but um, so <laughs> so I so I completely rewrote it. Yes, revamped it mm-hmm. uh, using you know the, the He-Man Thundercat model, and and as soon as I got done with the uh, the, the pilot, I started developing characters, and uh, I got a hold of Eric right away, and I said, "Hey, I've got this thing I'm working on. I, I want to pitch it to you. See what you think. Would you be interested in voicing some of the characters?" And so I, <laughs> I, 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 I said, yeah, and, and here I'm sitting on the couch. And there you exactly. go. <laughs> <laughs> and God blesses everyone, said Tiny Tim. Well, <laughs> well, the first thing he said to me, and, and I didn't quite know how to take it, was, did you write this? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was in a positive way. I, uh, with, with, you can't with, tell a positive over email. With, right. with all, well, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but with, with, all, with all due respect to those you know, crazy bastards sitting next to me here on the couch here, uh, he does. He's done some phenomenal work. He really has. And uh, written 11 episodes of it so far, which okay. I've, I've seen three, I think. And But it reads great. It, fo- it flows well. It, it is. It's a great storyline. It really is. It's got a lot of fantastic things in it. I'm thrilled to death to be involved in it. Um, I kind of, my part in it took a little bit of a backseat here recently because there was some crap going on in my life that, that kind of set me back. But he sure. stayed on the creative edge of, of everything and uh, built the creative uh, people behind us. He produced a trailer for it that won an award. Uh, we've got a lot of the Star Trek, post-Star Trek people yeah. involved in this thing as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did a campaign that took us from like 170 likes to getting close to 7,000 yeah. likes Fantastic. now. It was in a very, very short period of time. Uh, it's just that we're and now we're in the middle of a you know, big, huge crowd fundraising sort of thing to try to raise some money to get this thing made. So right. we, we've we've got the following, we've got the people behind this, we've got it ready to go. We just don't have a little thing called cash, sure. right? You know? <laughs> and that's what and that's what is 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 comical about this whole thing because we have, like Eric said, we have everything lined up. And and frankly, we have some pretty imp- impressive people. Yeah, we do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, the gentleman who's going to be scoring the soundtrack, his name is Richard Band. 
And I know Richard Band well. You do? All right. Yes, Seriously. Uh, so you know Charlie Brand's brother, if I'm right. Exactly. He's the guy that's behind Full Moon Pictures, does yep. all the... Uh, Reanimator. Reanimator, yeah. And, Reanimator, uh, yeah. the puppet master. Exactly. Yep. Very iconic horror theme. Exactly. Yeah. So you so you know him. I know Richard Band. And work very nothing well. slips past the nerd radar. But <laughs> <laughs> in this room, there is nary a reference that could be missed. <laughs> and have been off and on the phone with him several times in emails. And just the nicest guy you could ever meet. And uh, one of we, we, we talked not too long ago, and he was talking about how how much he was paying in in utility bills in living in California. I said, oh, good God, Rich. I said, that's, that, I said my mortgage is cheaper than that. And so I got my power bill in. At the time, it was about $65. And so I sent him a little message. I said, hey, Rich, by the way, my power bill, 65 bucks. And he sent me just a simple line back says, you SOB. And so um, he's, he's, he's on board. He's, he wants to see more images. He wants to see more stuff from us. Um, he's creating themes in his head and, and him and then our, our producers rep out of California, Paige Ostro is, is absolutely wonderful. She's handling the distribution for us. And so we have these people lined up. We have the talent lined up. We have the, the technical lined up. Like Eric said, it's just the money. Sure. Yeah. And we yeah. have even have people that like want to come on board or whether it's talking about not, you know, talking about composer aspects or whatever too. I got a, a friend of mine. Uh, who I was telling about the project, he goes, hey, you got a composer yet? Because this gentleman's name is uh, Michael Hanna. I just actually was at a fundraiser uh, with him tonight, this thing for uh, for uh, Judge Brown, who's running for re-election, for uh, great, a great guy who's running for re-election for, uh, for judgeship here in Vegas. And I was at a thing for him tonight, and, and my friend Michael Hanna was there. And Michael used to be the um, musical director and pianist for Dan Fogelberg for like almost 30 years, and mm. Donna Summer's musical director and everything like this, and he even expressed interest in getting involved in this project somehow. And so we've got all these people that are, you know, the behind the scenes, people that are involved in it, get some good names, people that want to get involved in it. We sure. just need to get the people with the money involved in it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, exactly. And, and, here, and here we sit. That's always the last a, hurdle. Yeah, in a room with people that have no money. But there you go. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, that's and God right. bless you. Yeah. Right, Baby exactly. God Baby bless steps. you for having us here. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You've come to the right place. So you, you're look, looking to get bankrolled? We got you. But well, you're, you're going to be set with four Reese's pieces when you head out the door. So. But we will definitely put all That's the links up and everything. Three more than and, I've had uh, before. And so this is, uh, yeah, just a, t- a time to say, hey, uh, check it out, Geek Monkeys, Shock Monkeys. If you enjoy uh, that kind of animation, that kind of, uh, how would you exactly qualify it? Well, this is this is the way I like. What's it. your tagline? It's it's a drama for kids. All right, and, and, and teens, so it doesn't follow that. That okay. My thing was, you know, you either have Dora the Explorer, mm-hmm. boo, or you have, <laughs> or you have uh, Clone Wars, which, in my opinion, boo, mm-hmm. and. Um, but there's nothing in between. There's nothing that's filling that gap. There's nothing that is okay. Let again going back to the He-Man Thundercats, you well, know, GI Joe. You model. know, you're you're on to something as far as the zeitgeist can, is concerned because Masters of the Universe is about to have a movie made. Yeah. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm I'm concerned about who's going to be involved with that. Well, yes, we're all. <laughs> I mean, are. if Dolph Lundgren <laughs> he's pulls off that, uh, he's not. He's not what? in it. Uh, it's the I can't remember his name. The director from Kick Ass Two. Yeah, I can't right. He just wrote the script Again, and he wants have, to be the director. I know. Yeah. I I haven't seen Kick Ass Two either. So, but he apparently is a fan. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> this is George Clooney and Batman all over again. But you're like. in the right. You're in the right time. You you you're tapping into something that people are interested in. Hopefully, they'll get on board. So we'll check it out. What is your Kickstarter page? 
Well, is it's, it a Kickstarter? What is it? It's Indiegogo. Indiegogo. And it's best just to look up Max Adventure. Okay. And we'll, uh, and we'll have a link on this episode straight to that Indiegogo campaign. Mm-hmm. So if you oh, go to but, Ugly Couch Show and go to this episode again, episode 270, uh, we'll have a link directly to the Indiegogo page. Go ahead and so. shout out now because some people are sitting by their keyboards right now and they want to know. They'll just type it in right now. What is it? You know, I'm I'm sorry. I, I looked at you. I saw your mouth move. <laughs> and I didn't understand shout out, one thing. Shout out whatever website the Indiegogo can't. Or just look up Max Adventure on Indiegogo. Go to, go to Indiegogo.com there and type go. in Max Adventure. There you, you go. Search. M-A-X. You to, you to, Phil's distracted by anything moving with hair around. I get it. You gotta, I get it. You got to give him a break. We've on all had those so. long, lonely times. It's been a growing process, too, because we've tried different techniques. It was funny. We had this whole running... This when we first got together to do this thing, and uh, and Gina Burgos, who was you know, yep. used to work with us at Trek, she does a voice of Femme, Femme on this thing, and she's a sweetheart. And we were both over at Phil's house working on this thing for the very first time, and we were doing it with the uh, what's what what's the official technical term when you got the little green spots? It, all was, over it, it was facial capture, performance yeah. capture yeah. that we were doing. Yeah, and we and which is of course we use you know it's it's, it's, a motion, it's a motion capture series and everything. I guess we had these little green. Looks like we fell into a bowl of of, uh, of uh, you know. Lucky Charms. Yeah, well, yeah, that or the... I can't think of the stupid candy, the... the anyway, M&M's, the, Skittles. 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 Skittles, thank you, Skittles. God bless you. Um, anyway, I feel like we've thrown a little bowl of green everyone. Skittles, but we had these... We used to talk about, oh, yeah, we're walking around with balls on our faces and everything. We had things... And, Not the first uh, time for you, by the yeah, way. Well, yeah, well, hello. But anyway. There's a uh, price to living with Phil. And, 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 yes, there is. And, uh, oh, my. <laughs> no, but uh, but, we, but we did that, and... and, and didn't necessarily have the the greatest luck getting it to work, and then came across the uh, Connect or Connect or whatever the, system right, now for, for the Xbox, mm-hmm. and we're using that now for the facial capture. So so now so now we're Ooh. going ballless, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which works out because you know I just got a divorce, and so yeah, you know, I just got you. mine back. <laughs> so um, nice, you know. So I you know so now I'm I'm going ballless so, again. But so but finally a good use for the Connect. Like, finally, <laughs> right? Wow. There you go. Yeah. Well, what's been great about this is that. Through this process, we've been able to get a couple of sponsors, uh, two from uh, motion capture uh, software companies uh, who, who have sponsored us. That's that's uh, um, iPySoft and then Breckel, and then the um, animation software company Poser is also sponsoring us uh, because we're using their software mainly just to make the people. Uh, and, and so we have those sponsors in, in, in place with this, and it's been, I mean, they've been extremely supportive throughout the entire process. All right, so I want to get deeper into Max Adventure. Tell me yeah. about the characters and some of the adventures that we well, can expect. Well, I was, I was just going to tell you, we haven't actually, yeah, Max. <laughs> Max, the adventures you can expect are all Max. Oh, oh, they're all gotcha, Max. Yeah. Hence the name. The, the, yeah, the, the, the adventures, adventures go to 11. The adventures are Max. <laughs> it's Spinal Tap thing. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, the adventures are maximum, basically, hence the name, I guess. No, uh, Max is okay. I'm for, I'm, I do the voice of Max, and I do two other character voices on on the thing as well. well and Eric, who do you do? I do, uh, uh, yeah, General Khan, and I do Armok. So, if General Khan, Armok, and Max were sitting at a table playing poker, what might that sound like? <laughs> uh, strip poker? Sure. Hey. <laughs> Well, Max is just my voice. It would be like, hey, you know, guys, I got, uh, you know, I don't have anything to throw into the pile here. And, and General Conn, well, Max, you know, uh, 
I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Think this. Throw this together for a second. <laughs> Mac, yeah, General Collins is like good old boy. I think he's from Earth originally too, and he kind of fell into the same black hole that Max fell into. Yeah, marriage. And they uh, <laughs> very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, there and there went all the cards. There went all the freaking cards. The cards are gone. Just like yeah, yeah. I fold. I, I'm out of here. What the hell? And Armak is kind of. He has three. He's kind of like a sneaky, ratty little bastard, and he's got. Certain tones that he goes through. When he's excited, he's up here, and when he's angry, he's down here. But, you know, so a card game would be very interesting, so we won't go into that. <laughs> because I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting here across from the freaking improv king, and exactly, I'm, not even yeah. going, I'm not even going to try to, 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 to compete with that. But anyway, but no. But Max, Max basically is um, what can best be described as like a glorified futuristic UPS driver. He, okay. he he does space deliveries and he gets sent to this area called the zone by the chief one day because he actually he actually Max is Max is a very good pilot. He is a very good pilot. Um, he knows he's a very good pilot, but he also he's a little bit lackadaisical. He falls asleep in the ship a lot and everything like this. And he he um uh, he gets sent to the zone. He doesn't really want to go to the zone, but he goes, okay, I'll go to the zone. He goes to requisitions to get himself a robot because it's a long trip. It's an area that nobody wants to go to. So he he goes to requisitions to get this robot to, to accompany him on the trip because they have to have somebody with him because he travels by himself. Well, the lady who runs basically requisition or who operates a desk at requisition, requisition is Femme, who kind of has a little, you know, she kind of maybe has a little thing for him. He goes there hmm. to get himself a robot, which is called a tugbot. Uh, they don't have any available, so he goes back in the back and gets the parts and stuff to build himself one on the trip, and she gives him this brain. Well, the brain's not quite right, and I can identify with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the on the way, he's Abby building this normal. robot, as we all can, yes. Uh, on the way, he's building this robot, and he gets and it doesn't really work properly or whatever, and he finally gets the thing to move around, but it's kind of, it, it's the robot's distracted. It's like you said, a robot... With ADHD, and if and if I can just tag on to that just real quick for any of the real geeks out there, uh, the Tugbot, known as Tugbutt in this, um, is very much an homage. If you're Invader, if, if you're if you're if you're familiar with Invader Zim mm-hmm. of Gur, okay, very much an homage to him. Gotcha. But because I felt that we needed a golden droid in this, made him gold. So, <laughs> so you know, C three PO with good ADHD sci-fi does <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, as you were saying, yeah, no, it, oh, no, God, chime in because you wrote the thing for crying out loud. Chime in anytime you so. want to. Um, no, but no, but it basically, so Max, I'm just happy to hear that you know something about it. Yeah, I know. I, you know what? Not, not half as thrilled as I am. Uh, it must be the Mountain Dew talking, I guess. I don't know. Uh, no, but it, it's so basically, Max falls asleep on the journey. The robot that is basically not necessarily all there. Uh, is not paying attention. Max gets caught up in an asteroid field, gets hit by an asteroid. The ship gets disabled. He gets sucked into this black hole, and he crash lands on this planet, uh, Nemesia, and he gets involved. He first encounters some interesting characters, some monsters and things along the way or whatever, and he has to get out of a couple situations. And then he encounters General Khan, and he finds himself involved in what is basically a civil war between the Nemesians and the Garanians. And the Garanians, of course, the major evil is, is done by, Phil does the voice of. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I was thinking about this on the way here. I probably couldn't have thought of a worse name for a bad guy. Because when you think of, of the big bad, you think of Darth Vader. You think of the Borg Collective. You think of, you know, these, you know, Skeletor. I named him Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Cordell. You know, and I thought, I was thinking about that today, and I was like, 
Oh God, Phil! What have you done? <laughs> you've you've named this badass Seth, which I later put in the script as because he was he was taunting this this bounty hunter. I had to have some version of like a Boba Fett in this, and so um, and so uh, Cordell was like teasing his name, and he turns to him and, he, and he's like, "Really? Okay, you're the leader of this whole big armada, and your name is Seth? Seriously, dude? You know, type thing." So, um, but but. I actually had you, Paul, mm-hmm. in mind for this character. For Seth? Yes, mm-hmm. Seth. <laughs> and so for the voice to even work for me to do it, I have to speak at a higher register and then lower the pitch. Oh, interesting. You know, to make yeah. it sound... Exactly. Because I mean, everybody else, you know, has, has these really impressive speaking... You know, this guy here. <laughs> yeah, right. Know, and he's, you know, hey, hey. And, yeah, and if your hero is already... You can't have your bad guy sound like this. F- it Phillip, just ain't going to work. Phil's called balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you just got yours back. Well, yeah, remember. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> And mine have yet to ascend. So, um, or descend, I should say. Um, <laughs> Ascending yeah. ball syndrome. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's a rough yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine yeah, went yeah, right bug out. It's like, you know, I, 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 that's there are I, martial arts masters <laughs> that spend decades mastering that, Phil. Yeah. You should be proud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, really, the really good ones can do them one at a time. You know, that's just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the book Ball Ascending for Idiots, so it seemed to help out. But each, each character in this has, has 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 just like the shows back in the eighties did. Has, they have a specific role. Max, yeah, he's he's the flawed hero. He's the Indiana Jones. He's the one that the that if they're a kid, they can look up to and say, okay, well here's here's a manly man who has made mistakes. The adults can look at it and say, okay, here's someone kind of like Han Solo. You know, Femme is is Max's equal. So if there's any little girls that are watching this, they can say, okay, well here's a woman who is equal to Max. And any of the you know Comic Con geeks can look at this and say, whoa, they got a chick in this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tugbug, very hot chick. By the way. Oh, yeah, Femme's 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 quite. She, she's she, all right. She's she's a very attractive cartoon she, lady. She, she, she's okay. Yeah, yeah and it, it disturbs me some of the pictures that you've wanted of her, by the way. <laughs> but um, what, what, what can I say? What can I, <laughs> research, it, research. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, does, it disturbs him more than he made him. Is that uh, <laughs> is that on some of the crowdsourcing uh, goal list? Like you reach a certain amount, like you're releasing extra. Pictures? You got a? Do you have like a bikini spread that you're gonna put out there? There you go. A certain yeah, couple the, grand. Yeah, the you trouble know? is, though, it's tu- it's tug button the bikini right, spread. Right, 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 right. That and Phil. So yeah. it's, like, you know, it's like we haven't had a lot of takers on that one so yeah, far, no, unfortunately. None, none. But oh, and f- not to jump in, but Fem, we re- never really kind of went into Fem's part in this whole thing because uh, we were talking about the robot and we said, oh, the robot is called Tug Butt. When the robot actually wakes up and starts working, he he refers himself as you know, my name's not Tug Butt, my name is Tug Butt. So he names himself, which is how they come into play. Femme comes into all this because after uh, Max is basically lost and nobody seems interested in going to try to find him or anything, she steals a ship and goes to the zone to try to locate him. She goes into the black hole as well, too, and then it's the three of them now on this planet, and that's where the adventure really kind of begins. That's how that's how the three of them come into play on this okay. whole And thing. so we're teaching kids how to boost cars. Right. In this. Does very important uh, to stay in there. Does the ship stay active or is it crashed? Is it out? It it's kind of crashed, but it gets resurrected. They're going to work on it. In fact, another thing for, for any, any of the geeks that are listening, it's ship 1138. Can uh-huh, you? Aha, yes. In, mm-hmm. For your Lucasites. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he has to, he has to uh, sign form IG-88 <laughs> in order to get it out. You know, so, so it does crash, but then because 
his ship uses a different propulsion than what mm-hmm. theirs does. It's undetectable by by radar signature. Oh, okay. So they're able to pull it back out, refit it, and use it. Um, it's a mit- stealth ship for the good guys. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like defiant. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the coolest ship in you know Star Trek lore. Mm-hmm. So once you reach your goal, then uh, then about how long do you think it'll take for uh, for production to potential distribution? Uh, well, the, the game plan is is that we can do we can do as the pipeline is right now. We can do an episode a week. Just because of of the characters are already made, the world is already made. The motion capture takes care of all of the animation, you know, to where you have, let's say, a show like Family Guy, which takes them ten months to complete because right. it is hand drawn animation. We're using the motion capture, and so we can perform the entire all the scenes in a standard eight hour day, and so we can complete an episode a week, and that that's what we're looking that's at for great. our timeline. So it's just a matter of getting the Rendering stuff up. You the said rendering we, uh, is, is, yeah, is yeah, the that's, biggest that's, thing. That's the, pro- that's the problem. That's one of the reasons why we need some of the funds and stuff to get this thing going. To get this thing into production, we need uh, the equipment. Well, fil- you, well you, you're the you're the technical guy on this. I, I go, oh, I go, oh, on button. Eh, you know, and, and that's, me, that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> you're looking tech- for stronger, better, faster computer processing power. It's it's well, yeah, because there's there's the anim because right now the computer that I'm using is is is. It's working mm-hmm. for this. I mean, I, I designed it for this purpose, but that was three years ago, right? You know, and which now, is dinosaur times, exactly. And so now, PC yeah, I talk. need I need a a, a fat. We need faster computers for for the actual animation, mm-hmm. for the editing, for the motion capture, and then I need a we we need a um, a cluster, a render uh, farm. Is exactly what we need is yeah. a render farm, and and those unfortunately are not cheap. No. They're not. <laughs> no, even even to build your own is going to cost you about four thousand yeah. dollars on average. And so there's that. There's cost of distribution, which is if we use our our um, representative in California, fifteen thousand dollars. You know, so these things aren't aren't cheap. Mm-hmm. And and so the amount that we're asking for on the Indiegogo site um, is really just the bottom of the barrel that we need yeah, to get this thing to get done it, squeeze it through cool. exactly well cool well you know it's not cheap but it is you know compared to most big ridiculous productions out there you guys are doing it at a very reasonable price level and uh i think that's you know the that you guys have a passion for it you're you know you're doing it something that you really love which is great the reason shit like Transformers 4 get made is because people have too much money. The wrong people have too much money. Those films would not be made anymore if not for just money. Exactly. Just money game at this point. So let's hope that money does not impede it completely. You guys get the kind of funds that you need. And uh, even if it takes a little bit longer than you're hoping, I hope it does come through. Um, so we'll definitely get the Geek Shock Monkeys checking that out. Absolutely. I'll drop a mention on the other show as well on the ice cream social just to give a shout out because uh, we got a lot of crossover listenership too so oh yeah so hopefully they'll and, and, check and, it out and just real quick something else that i thought you guys might get a kick out of is we have a, a toy manufacturer mm. who's interested in creating a whole line can you drop the name or is that it is it is hush? i think they're called uh, they're they're a menu i think i believe their name is happy time okay uh toys and they are they're just a designer they don't do the distribution mm-hmm. but they're 
I've already spoken to them, and they're interested in creating. Remember back in in like the early '80s when you had the Star Wars worlds that came out, and you had Hoth, and you had you know the Death Star. Well, oh, yeah. they're talking about doing something similar to that mm-hmm. for what we're doing. You know, yeah. ships big enough for the people to fit in, and, and you know, play sets. And, and, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we're I'm I know, personally me, I'm I'm like biting at the bit. There's a <laughs> uh, you know, like, yeah. There's kind of a turn. That toys are in a weird place right now. We've talked about this before, but uh, yeah, there's a there's a whole move towards bigger toys. So it might just become like uh, not terribly detailed but very large sculpts right and then you might have smaller figures that are you know a lot smaller or less detailed but they get to play in these larger environments and things right. like that so a lot of different ways to approach the toy production angle now so that's cool right very no, cool I'm excited about it <laughs> Yeah, look at that. Because that's the first time I'm hearing about it. So that, that's, yeah. That's, that's, oh, it that's, is? Yeah, seriously. That's Did, a, didn't I tell you? Well, no, you mentioned something about toys one time before, but I just thought that you were about the ones you kept in your drawer. I thought you were, you know. You were about, why, you were why, about, why are you in my room? Happy, happy, <laughs> you're about happy ending toys. This is happy what toys? Uh, um, yeah. I, 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 I got nothing. Happy time. Happy time. Happy, happy times. I've, Thank I've you. Got, Thank you. Happy right. times. Oh, no, but cool. it's funny. We did. We we. When we were talking about this, we talked about the fact that we said, hey, maybe some, you know, a lot of people that do these things, they do the merchandising before they ever do the movie. Yeah. And they let the merchandising drive the movie. We were talking one time and said, maybe we should do like, maybe we should have somebody do like Max Adventure figurines and then start selling them. And everybody goes, well, what the hell are these? And they're going, well, you know, we're working on a show. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> exactly what the He-Man toys And we'll make the show to back the toys. Well, and, that's exactly uh, what He-Man did. They, uh, you know, Mattel came out with their line of toys first. And then, of course, um, you know, then the cartoon came after that, and it was, as far as I'm concerned, it was, it was, it was a hit because they did have the three um, different series. I don't count the one that came out in the '90s where he's in space and the whole bit. You remember, oh, remember that yeah. one? New Adventures. Horrible, horrible. Yeah, it's rough. Horrible. I, I have them because I have to. Oh, <laughs> you have to. You do. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a geek the, law, right? It, well, they, it's a Paul they, law. They've Paul reissued. Law. They've reissued a lot of those figures, and did, the Four did, Horsemen did, do a beautiful job on resculpting them. Did so they reissue the an apology as well? <laughs> no, <or>? they didn't. <laughs> and I even had to buy at a at a bit of an inflated price because uh, this company called BCI Entertainment right. came out with these uh, deluxe editions, and they all fit together. All the seasons and each each spine of the seasons fill right. out this giant mural. So you have to stick new adventures in there, or you're missing two of the mural pieces. No. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, That's cruel. So it, it is cruel. It was, it was, it was a great. Mar- it was a great marketing. They got ploy. my they got, fucking. You had money. to get it yeah. because you had to get it exactly. Uh, I you bought that notes, Phil. I bought that I figure as notes. a kid. <laughs> I bought that figure as a kid, and I hated it so much. I. Took its armor off, took the helmet off, and glued him to a poster board and used him as a Latin club project. <laughs> <laughs> I made him. And you, if a you Latin know, if club? you know me, and you know how much I love toys, I would never glue a toy to a poster board and use it for a project unless I could give a fuck. With and I arrow, really felt betrayed. With an arrow that says Corpus. Latin yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He kind of looked like he kind of looked like a gladiator. The blue pants didn't really fit, but everything else was good. Yeah, I will openly admit I have the '80s toys. I have, I even have the 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. 2000X stuff is beautiful. And those it's same great. guys, those sculptors, oh boy, are the ones who did all the new stuff. You know what? I'm gonna have. leave it alone. <laughs> what? I, I'll tell you. From, it was it was Comic Con. It was Comic Con 2000. Two. Yeah, right, two, three. It was right the around. first one I went to, right. two thousand two. I, I have the King Grayskull. Yeah, I've got sculpted. him too. 
Oh, he's it, awesome. Still in the box with the furry. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. It's a beautiful oh. toy. Yes, it is. Megan made some I great was, stuff, man. I was never in. I was never into the figurines, but I got. I was into the models of like the spaceships and everything. And I have some of the old original. I mean, because I guess some of the manufacturers and stuff redid these a few years back. But I have the original, like flying sub. From Voice of the Bomb oh, Sea. Wow. I have the original oh, yeah, have yeah. the original spin drift from Land of the Giants. Wow. I have the wow. spacecraft and from you've an, got the stuff with the boxes and packaging and everything. Is that uh, no, no, actually no, I'm, I'm talking about glued are, together, painted, and made and oh, everything. Oh, I, I oh, actually, oh, yeah. actually have these at my house. Well, what used to be my house. Yeah. But they're they're still they're still in the box. <laughs> well by no, I got no, I, law, I still yeah, have yeah, yeah, mine. You're talking my speed yeah. now. Yeah. And I've got I've got like the said the Invader spacecraft. I've got the Moon Bus from two thousand one Space on the Sea. I've got I've got oh what the hell else have I got? I forget. Oh well the original Sea View. And uh, wow. but the spin drift that's that's a really and I remember one uh, one time when we were we were we were working a trek and it was after one of the conventions we always used to get together when we had the parties down in Corks yeah and the people would come over and I didn't have the ship with me at that time that's what kind of brought me or prompted me the last time I went home was to get my models and bring them with me it was in case I ran into this gentleman again but we were sitting down in the bar in Corks and the guy. Don, oh God, I forget his name, actor, uh, uh, he played the co-pilot on Land of the Giants, and he was there at Corks, and I went, I've got a model of the spin drift. I said, if I had it here, I'd have you sign the goddamn thing right. for me. And yeah. I went, oh, man. So the next time I went home, I brought all this stuff with me, and I've had it with me ever since. I've got a board <laughs> game, because I always, I always wanted, yeah. I always want, what? Just, just in case. In case. Yeah. yeah, just in case. Exactly. Yeah. Just that's what in, that big box is that you brought case. in when you came in the door. I got you. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I call it. It's it's its name is Just in Case. Yeah. It's, 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 it's got a handle on it and everything. Yeah. That's Max Adventures. Son. I know. Yeah, just in case. Got just in case. Got, got, little, got little Bieber locks on it. And, no. He also has, has has a cloth in there with Voha sweat on there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> gotta I, love that. I, I, I tell I tell you it's Voha sweat. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I just threw up a little bit in the back of my mouth. But, uh, <laughs> but well, b- better yours than mine. But, uh, <laughs> Don Matheson. No, Don Matheson was the oh, was the Marshall was the star Disney. of it. Don Marshall. Don Don Don, Don Marshall. Don Marshall. Don Matheson just passed away here recently, All by right. the way. Uh, our, yeah, Don Marshall was the was the he was the he was the black gentleman. He was the co-pilot thing. He was there one time, and I said, "Man, if I had that ship with me, I would I would have you sign it in a heartbeat." And I brought it with me, and I never ran into him again. I also have and. I've got, uh, and I kept hoping I'd run into James Darren, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from, right. got, from Star Trek. Down. Yeah, because I have an old time tunnel board game. Oh, wow. They made a <laughs> oh, board wow. game. They made a board game of the time tunnel. Yeah. I've got that at a bar at my house. And every time that I would, that every time the convention was in town, I would carry that son of a bitch with me. <laughs> and I would put it in my locker just at Trek. Hopes. Just in case. Yeah. He was there and I would pull it out and I'd say, here you go. I want you to sign this Please, thing. Please, yeah. That's awesome. I was gonna say he's been at the last few. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't. Well, I, I don't make it to the conventions. I would only oh, you know, okay. catch the people when we were working the trek, right. and they would all hang out at Corks. I never got to see him when he was there, but that was that was fantastic. And and, and my my Shatner thing that I've got because it used to be, of course, Shatner's very into the Star Trek thing and stuff, but he used to avoid that for years and years and years. Uh, kind of tried to shy, to shy away from, it, and he hated talking about everything other than Trek, or you know, talking about just Trek, and wanted to talk about other things. Years ago. Years ago, and I won't go into a lot of detail here, but my family took a vacation up to Connecticut, and we were in Westport, Connecticut, and there was this theater in Westport, Connecticut, and this was right at 69, right after Star Trek had gone off the air, and they knew I was a big Star Trek fan, and as a surprise to me, they got tickets to go see this summer performance in this theater. It was like this big barn that they turned into an outdoor theater or a summer theater in Westport, Connecticut, and it was William Shatner starring in a production of A Girl in My Soup. 
And I've still got the playbill oh, wow. from it. And every time we the convention would come to town, I'd bring that with me. Just in the hopes. Just in the hopes that I ran into him and I'd have him sign it. And I've never had the opportunity to do it yet. Yeah, but, that, might, but, I, uh, but I would like to say, do you remember, you know, Bill, do you remember this? And he probably he probably go, oh, no, yeah, I don't. No, he, <laughs> I think he would. I think you'd be surprised. Oh, he's got sorry, a, he's I pretty sharp. I don't recognize this. Well, he might charge you sixty bucks though to sign it. But. Well, what the yeah, hell? Well, I don't care. I don't nah, care. Nah, hundred. That'd be oh, worth. That'd be worth it though. Up. That'd be worth it to get his signature on something so rare. Here you go. It yeah. was a play bill. Now it's a play. Yeah, it's a play. It's a play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm enjoy to you. It's play bill. Shatner. Play bill. Shatner. play bill. God, there's Trade so money. many in the room right now. <laughs> Frame it. Frame it up. Oh, good lord! How the hell we get off on that? I don't know. So, uh, one last thing. So, Max Adventure, guys, check it out. One other thing I want to hit on uh, before we get into our Weekend Geek. Uh, we have Eric here, and I just wanted to briefly talk about your history with Vegas's own Westwood Studios that yes. were the creators of the Command & Conquer video games, which were a huge part of my early college years. We played the hell out of that game. <laughs> and I remember well you being... The reporter on yep. the field, on the scene, Greg Burdett. telling what was happening with Kane and his evil forces, yep. trying to destroy and take over all the Tiberian mines. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, that was a very much a fledgling company. That was before video games had quite taken over the world. It was close. Yeah. But that was still one of those early, they were one of the first to have mega success out of kind of a garage Right. Sort of startup deal, yeah. That was I yeah, because what was weird was is I didn't really know I've I've never been and please don't jump on me and beat me up when I say this but I've never really been into computer games and know very little bit about computer games or, or things like that. I'm still like the old pinball guy, you know. I, I do things like that I all love the time that too. too. No worries. But um, but but I don't even know quite frankly how the heck it was that I got involved in this because uh, Command and Conquer was my third project with Westwood Studios. And the first one, they they had done this these series of video games called Tales Corandia, and I got involved in in book two and book three. And Tales Corandia book two was called uh, I don't know something of the hand. Maybe that's how I got involved in something of the hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Call <laughs> Eric. Yeah, exactly. Just opened up the studio, and Eric yeah. was sitting yeah, exactly. there. Going, All yeah, right, said, I'm yeah, ready. Said, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, who? So, yeah. See, so this has to do with the hand. I'm your guy. <laughs> don't throw him uh, out. He's got a yeah. great voice. All right. <laughs> no, I, and I don't even know how the heck I got involved in it, so I don't really remember. But I remember we used to, we would go to, uh, they used to be located on Arville, right. down on, uh, South Arville, or yeah, anyway, right off of uh, right off of Tropicana, off of, off of uh, Arville, off of Tropicana. Uh-huh. And right down Arville, not too far off of Tropicana, was a sound studio that they used, which was called, uh, I forget the name of the sound studio, it was uh, run by a guy by the name of uh, Toto Zara who had a band in town. I don't know if he still performs or not. Real, very cool guy. Very, very, very talented individual. And we would use his studios to do this thing. And I went in there, and I was doing these voices for uh, these Tales Corandi. And I did like three little voices for the uh, the first uh, the first one that I did. The second game that I did with him was called Malcolm's Revenge, where I did the voice of Malcolm, and then I did Malcolm's Good Conscience and Ma- Malcolm's Bad Conscience. And, there, and there's just things where you would you would just come in and you would just record like little snippets because there was no dialogue. It was just a thing where you guide the character for the various things, and they would jump down holes and stuff, and they would pick you know pick this and pick did that. Did you do a lot of uh? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, hey. hey, yeah. I, the, the one. It's funny. The one line that I remember from this thing, and it was always cracked me up when I had to read this. I forget how many takes we had to do on this because I got laughing when I was reading. It. Like the character Mal- Malcolm is walking past a dairy, 
and the line is, oh, smell that dairy air. You know, and that's 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 the one. That's the only line that I remember from this thing. Classic. <laughs> and of course, I worked with Joe Kukin, uh, who Joe, who was uh, uh, became you know did Kane. Uh, Joe was the one who did Kane. Of course, he's Joe still was in the, town, I believe. I don't know. I haven't seen Joe in like in years. I think he might I still be in town. But I, but Joe, uh, yeah, Joe did Kane, and Joe. Uh, when they did Command and Conquer, told me, he said, hey, we'd like to bring you in and do this. Have you do the part of the report? He said, this is a live action sort of thing. Told me how it was going to work. And I said, yeah, that sounds fantastic. So that's how I got brought in on Command and Conquer. Had no freaking idea what this game was going to do, how this, right. how this well, was going to open they up. I quite knew what it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, because it just, it just, it blew the gaming industry uh, you know, uh, apart, basically. Yeah, they'd had, there was uh, Dune. Mm-hmm. Dune, Dune 2, 2 yeah. which was essentially the first real-time strategy game. And, uh, but they didn't realize what they had on their hands there. Right. My friend Mark Cram actually worked on that game, and uh, he's got some stories to tell about that one. Uh, we have to have him on here one of these times. But, uh, but yeah, then it just blew everything out of the water. Command & Conquer just became huge, and um, several sequels down the line. Did you participate in any of the sequels, or was it just that? Well, yes and no, because what happened was is they did uh, the, the second one that they did, which was kind of a sequel, which wasn't really a sequel. Then they did the follow-up one to it, which was kind of like a big-budget thing for them, and that was where they did, uh, um, I think it was called Tiberian Sun. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. They decided that what they wanted to do was is they wanted to produce like a new story or something about the filming and the, and the, and the production of, uh, of Tiberian. So we're going to so, work on the behind-the-scenes Yeah, behind-the-scenes. So Joe contacted me and said, since you played Greg Burdett on the original one, we would like you to actually be a reporter or something on this and help us produce a piece uh, about the making of the thing. So I worked with... Um, Oh, God, I'm trying to remember what the name... I forget who it was I worked with exactly, the company that put the thing together, but I worked with them on this. I went out on scene when they shot out at Red Rock. I went to their studios, and of course, at that time, they'd moved from Marville over to an actual honest-to-God building. They had a soundstage set up. They had the full, you know, the big room with all the little, you know... uh, you know, balls and little mm-hmm. sight things and stuff, and fantastic makeup. They had the star of the things, Michael Bean, right. and uh, was was there, and and and, uh, and James Earl Jones was on this thing or whatever. So I'm you know walking around with them and watching them shoot and interviewing them. I went to interview James Earl Jones in his trailer and stuff later on, and I, I gotta I gotta mention this because. Just because a lot of great things have happened to me since I've been in Las Vegas. And you always remember certain things. One of the things that will always stick in my mind is some of the best things that ever happened to me is after I did the interview with James Earl Jones, he looks at me and he goes, you have a very good voice. I was going to say, an inter- you interviewing James Earl Jones is like an audio um, explosion of something yeah. that you just can't really wrap your mind yeah, around. He goes, you have a very nice voice. He goes, I hope you're using it. And I said, awesome. I said, hey, bud, I'm trying. You know? <laughs> I'm trying. You got, you got any tips for me? You that's got any leads? Please fantastic. let me know. That's but having fantastic. James Earl Jones tell you you got a nice voice, yeah. that's, yeah, it that's, get much that's, better than that. that's pretty you damn were, sweet, I got to Just tell to tag you. on to that, you were complimented very recently by Kiefer Sutherland. Well, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland came through the airport, and I was at the airport, and I was talking to him, and, he's, and he goes, you have a very nice voice. I said, well, I said, well, I said, you have a very nice voice. Now, was nice this during strip search? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. You have a very nice voice. Anytime, you have five anytime, minutes anytime, to live. To Take this phone and yeah. stick it in your nose. Yeah. Yeah. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> run. Don't stop. You want to keep that voice, you fucking run. <laughs> run. You run. You run. <laughs> Chloe, damn it. Where is she? God damn it. <laughs> Where is your voice? <laughs> Where is your very nice voice hiding? Where did you yeah. stick it? 
Uh, it's yeah. clogged in my toilet upstairs. Oh, oh boy! Oh god! god. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the pre that was the pre recording segment we had. Don't even, don't even talk. Don't even don't even talk about that. So oh, yeah, that's uh, anyway. I mean, yeah. So CNC really blew up. So that was a big yeah a big yeah. thing for a while. And it was there. great that they brought me in on uh, like I said on Tiberius and just to kind of work on on the sidelines on that or whatever. And uh, and Michael Bean actually it was funny. We were we were shooting in the. Uh, I think it was in July they were shooting in there, and I said, how are you handling the heat? And he said, oh, he said, I'm from Lake Havasu. He said, it doesn't bother me. I had no idea he's from Lake Havasu. I said, oh, you're old neighbors in the south there. Tiny little world. It was very cool. I just, I loved working with everybody on the projects. I had a great time working on Command and Conquer. I had a great time, uh, you know, doing the report work on the Sierra. And then they used that, I think, on something that they did prior, that they, they, they put that at the end of something else that they were releasing to promote the upcoming uh, release of Tiberian Sun, and yeah. I don't know exactly how I ever did. I still have my original copy of Command and Conquer uh, sitting uh, uh, somewhere, and I think it's even signed by the Cascos. We had a, like a, a party afterward right. and for it and everything. It was yeah, it was a great. I, I've I've had a I've had a. I loved all the projects and stuff and everything I've worked on here, but that was great to be mm-hmm. able to do that. And of course, they they don't exist anymore. I guess they got mm-hmm. gobbled up by a bigger company, or I forget exactly what happened. Yeah, but, a lot uh, of different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. as tends to happen these days. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the mom and pop places go by the way. So look at the Las Vegas Strip. Huh, hello. Yeah. So look for it. Max Adventure on Indiegogo. Search for it there, of course, once again, on episode 270 of Geek Shock. Uh, you can actually, and we'll probably put it up on their Facebook page as well. Sounds good. So that way you have easy access to check it out. And uh, I guess we'll go ahead and start the show as regular. <laughs> regular <laughs> I mean, 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 there's actually a format? Yeah. There's a, there's a there's a regular sort of thing that happens. There's around. an air quotes format. There's an air yeah. quotes format. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, good. good. More of a guideline. It, okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't follow guidelines. I've never been. It's kind of an inclination. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't I haven't been inclined in quite some time. But there, you know. Do you guys want to take a break? Do you want to just move forward? I just I'm I'm good for I'm good for hanging around. Then we'll just roll right into news you don't give a shit about. I've got no wife. I'm good. There's only one piece. Only one oh, piece. Only what? one. What kind of week has this been? It's been it's been a week of really scrounging together some news <laughs> to make a show. <laughs> yeah. In fact, having you guys here is probably a godsend for the news I've got. Well, you are you really? Yeah, that's the week. The biggest was, news was Max Adventure. I was say, you, you, us, us being here as a godsend. Boy, you must really be having a slow ass week. I'm telling you. No. Uh, it looks like what was to be a lovely coding conference in Cardiff, Wales, in June has been wrecked by the boy band One Direction. Uh, the popular boy band will be in town during the same time as Django Con Conference. This is a problem for organizers because all of the hotels within the city and nearby have been booked by fans of the band who want to catch them on their UK stop of the European tour. That's January 5th and 6th. Uh, the, annual, uh, the annual convention is for coders who use the popular Django programming language. A DjangoCon representative announced that the conference will have to be rescheduled after the, as a result. So, so wow. DjangoCon destroyed by One Direction. Yeah. So they're, they're going, So the conference is going one direction, and that direction is apparently <laughs> down the toilet. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. boy bands are destroying more than just the, <laughs> oh, the youth yeah, of yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> they destroy it all. <laughs> Although, you know, preemptive geek revenge, actually, yeah. I remember years ago, uh, there was a NFL um, uh, preseason game where the visiting team, I forget who it was, they actually had to go to hotels like an hour and a half outside of Indianapolis because it was um, the same weekend as Gen Con. 
oh, which nice. is the biggest uh, <laughs> gaming convention uh, yeah. for like the D and D crowd. Really? And Indianapolis during Gen Con is totally booked, Nerd completely city. booked. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. So, so the visiting team had to like you know sit way out in like. Gary, you know, or or I mean, South Chicago, or you know, maybe get a room somewhere in Ohio to to uh, attend them. I, I I knew Gen Con was big. I hadn't realized it was that big to shut down part of Indianapolis. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It moved to Indianapolis because it became too big for uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wow. Mecca, which is the uh, acronym for whatever um, the Milwaukee Convention Center is, eventually got to the point that it could not handle Gen Con, and that's when Indianapolis picked it up. Well, they need to come to Vegas then, because we've got like, what, how many hundreds of thousands of rooms? I forget exactly what we got in Yeah, yeah. No, I, now, yeah. I keep holding my breath and hoping that Penny Arcade will have a Vegas Expo one day. That and they may. Be, that they're, into, nice. they're into three, four territory now. That's right. They've I, got four. I bet they're watching the Wizard Con this year. I hope so. so. I hope so. I would love to see them triumphantly stride back in here and dominate <laughs> after that ridiculous uh, con they attended back in 2000. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we, yeah. Vegas has had a hard time with geek cons. It's I mean, true. every time we have one, it really doesn't seem to... Of course, they haven't been big marquee cons, but... I mean, there's part of that. And then part of it, too, is the geeks don't want to spend their money on hotels and restaurants. Yeah. They want to spend their money on board games and action figures. <laughs> and, and there's if, if not many the, cheap hotels in the Right. Town. And if your entire budget gets ate up by the hotel, it doesn't make any sense to go to the con because you're not going to be able to spend any money to have any fun. So there does need to be some kind of. Yeah, I don't know how that how that gets fixed. Yeah, the, yeah, the town basically it, it's coming. Oh, here we go. It's, here we go. Oh, okay, well, I, I got to jump in. That's that's why a lot of them happen. Who's in this? Fact check. It's fact check Andy hiding in the background. <laughs> um, <laughs> gross, gross. Get it. Swat at it. No, that's that's why all, that's why all the cons are at uh, Lux's uh, Park or at um, uh, the Riviera because that's where the cheap hotels are. Yeah, but that's also where the uh, the abortive pony con was that uh, they for, they forgot to pay for the second day. So yeah, oh nice. They just didn't wait, pay wait, wait, for the second pony, day. Pony, pony con. The my little pony? my little pony. My little pony. Con. So there was supposed to be a two day convention and they only paid for one day of it. Yeah, uh, they were. They were. Uh, the uh, they didn't mention this to the vendors, of course. The uh, vendors didn't know until. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, of course. Yeah, like, oh, you don't want to tell the vendors. I mean, Andy, what are you doing? Sorry, sorry, the vendors didn't know until like the security started coming. Uh, you guys have to leave now. You have to, oh you have to pack God. up and go away. Wow. That's just so news to me. Up, okay, there's notes for your left. first con, Phil. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? Max con. We're talking about cons, and and we actually have a pro with the cons who's involved with this. Are you familiar with the guild? Yeah. 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 He, you know Vince Casso. Mm-hmm. Who plays uh, Blades? Yeah, he's involved with Max Adventure. Okay, fantastic. So, so we have someone who can walk us through the steps of of Con. Yeah. when that time comes. Good, good, good. Nice. Now, Andy, nice. real quick, do you think that having all of our nerd cons in such cut rate spots <laughs> also has a detrimental effect as well? well no, the, I don't think so. No, you don't think well, so. Well, the okay. Wizard Con this year is going to be at the LVCC, the Wizard World Con, the Las okay. Vegas Convention Center. Yeah. All right. That's, so I mean, right. yeah, one of the largest convention centers in the United States. Mm-hmm. So they had a giant con at uh, Mandalay Bay, and uh, it wasn't big. They didn't have enough people for it. It was, didn't fill it. Yeah, no, yeah, that, I know that. That was the one that you were referring yes, to. With we uh, went to that one where yeah. Penny Arcade was there, and they had one who, eighteen, well, that, nineteen years ago at the uh, Sands Convention Center. 
that was a combination comic con uh some sort of uh, video game con and a porn con um <laughs> and they had it and they had it in the sands but they only had like in a small section of it but they didn't have well here's else. the problem you never have anything to do with porn near the sand yeah. <laughs> you're, you're asking right. for trouble yeah, or, or that's some yeah. rough stuff <laughs> exactly this, or. this is the uh, this so is what happened 18, 19 years ago this is a pre uh pre the renovations huge space and they sort of just blocked off one corner of it and so you would walk beyond the con. It was just this big, empty, giant warehouse that stretched off for <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of feet with nothing in it but dark. <laughs> like going now, off they, the edge of a world on a video game. If they'd done that up, you know, Indiana, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse style, right. they would have totally sure. just had it Cleaned done. Up. And, yeah. But, you know, bad planning. Bad planning. Right. <laughs> My mind just goes to that picture of the ball pit from that horrendous con on the East Coast that happened. <laughs> Was that on the East Coast? Was, or was that in that was in England somewhere? Was it England? Yeah, I think that was in England. Okay, it was supposed to be like uh, a winter wonderland, something like that. Wasn't that right? It was, was like this whole full convention. It was supposed to be a. It was. It was like a, like multiple things, like oh, all sorts of. This is maybe a stuff. different one that I'm thinking. Okay, of. I think so. This is one that, that I just saw recently. Was like there was like this winter wonderland. It was sort of like a walk through tour. It was like look look at the wonders of the you know trying to make it all lights and Christmassy and and it was the most fucked up thing you've ever seen. We'll have to find a link to it because. It was like really bad astroturf laid down in chunks around <laughs> around a, a little bit of a rope line. And then there was like mannequins kind of dressed like Santa Claus. There were aliens. There were uh, like like candy canes that were broken and on the ground. Oh my gosh, I mean, it was just like the rattiest thing. And people were like, fuck this. They get their money back. It, it was crazy. I, I got to find oh, it. Geez. It'll blow your mind. Oh, oh Lord. Mind. All right. <laughs> Fact checks on it. <laughs> Weekend Geek! Here we go. All right, this is the exciting part. Mm-hmm. Well, that was very close get again. Because it, it does start better. with CW news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold on to your heart. Uh, execs from the CW were at the Television Critics Association Winter Press Tour giving information related to the network's corner of the DC Universe, with The Flash setting records uh, the network's interested in another spinoff from Arrow. Uh, the most obvious contender, according to Arrow executive producers, is Brandon Routh's Ray Palmer, a.k.a. The Atom. And they're currently developing a very general idea for how a series might work. Uh, considering he previously starred in Superman Returns, Routh was a major casting coup when they locked him for the recurring role in the current season of Arrow. Was he really? I hear that dude just chills out in his house playing WoW. Does he? Yeah. Know. No. Which is great. I love. I think he's a really cool cat. But... I don't. But think. I think in television terms is maybe, really, maybe really in CW terms. Let's call it CW okay, in terms. CW terms, I guess. Was like, Dylan Dog in the Dead of Night was the last thing yeah, he did. Was... Yeah. Okay. What a coup! <laughs> come on, come on, Paul. Paul, think of your favorite game to play that you play all the time. All right. Yeah. The CW phone rings. Uh huh. Do you answer it? There you While go. I'm playing? You're hesitating right there. While I'm playing? I don't yeah. understand what you're saying. While I'm playing my game. You're Brandon Ruth. He's playing while CW calls. He says, yeah, yes, that's a major I coup. I would. Because, okay, yeah. I would answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, it's just money for more wow stuff. I know how he works. All <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the microtransactions. He had a uh, prominent role in that uh, movie. It just got released on Hulu. If you're interested, uh, check it out. It's called uh, World of Warcraft Looking for Group. Okay. Yeah, it's like an hour-long documentary all about the culture behind WoW and the startup of Blizzard and all that kind of thing. It's pretty cool. I give all right, uh, hold, hold on, Torgo. Hold this just phone. in from Fact Check. 
It was billed as a, quote, winter wonderland of magic and drama, unquote. But a Christmas attraction designed by Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen has closed down after only a day following a flood of complaints. Visitors to the, and this is all in capital, so it must be official, the magical journey near Sutton Coldfield. This is in England. Said it was far from magical with Father Christmas handing out, quote, cheap plastic toys that were not wrapped. Some said they were kept waiting around for up to 40 minutes to see Santa, while others claimed there was long queues for the attractions and said their children had been left in tears. One said it, quote, ruined the magic of Christmas. <laughs> Can you describe any of those images there, Andy? Um, yeah, uh, well, there's, here's the little the train, which is like a... Uh, it's a basically glorified golf cart with six seats in it. Uh, uh, yeah, it looks like um, the it lo- a lot of it looks like backstage at a set. It looks like they they haven't quite finished a set, or you're back behind the stage because a lot of backs of flats I'm seeing here. <laughs> yes, uh, people terrible. standing in half sort of snow wearing winter stuff, and <laughs> but but it's not quite there. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Here's the wow. best picture: is apparently this the Llewellyn what's his face here standing with two elves and a clearly posed picture with a reindeer i'm sure this was taken a week or two beforehand when they but there's nothing in it but tree him and the elves and the reindeer and uh some flock coverage trees i'm not sure it's not real snow um yeah (laughs) but yeah it's, it's it covers an area of about 15 feet across and lord knows where the theme park may be it's terrible i I was referring to was this it was a it was supposed to be some kind of con uh but cosplay and just general geekdom oh i remember that now too it was and they were like two guys ran off with the money or something like that it was connected to those these articles were like married to each other okay you went one you went you could see the other one yeah and i remember now you saw that ball pit (laughs) it was like it was in a convention area yeah big big empty shitty carpeting yeah but not yeah it was really empty and it was like yeah (laughs) it's just a the balls are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. it looks like, what's it? What's this one called? Dashcon. Dashcon. Yeah. As in, it, take the money con. and dash. Pretty much. <laughs> wow. oh, at least this, at least this great... one lived up to its name. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, for all our viewers out there, there's this interesting picture of a ball pit, which is literally—it's not even like a big covered pit or anything. It's, it's like a giant wading pool filled with colored balls Inflatable on pool. a cement floor <laughs> way in the corner of the picture about a fraction of the size to give you scale are the tables and chairs of the conventions it's yeah i guess oh, that geez. over the course of a weekend dashcon 2014 descended into chaos <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that's, that's a, and I, 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 the thing that stands out the most is the letter sent out by the creators as an apology. Uh, everyone gets like extra time in the ball pit or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah! That was their, that was their, their mea culpa. Oh, well, shit. I'm going to buy two tickets then. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Attempted to compensate disappointed ticket holders yeah. by offering them a quote, extra hour in the children's ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> the ball pit only fit around six people. <laughs> 
There was apparently not a very long queue. <laughs> I just found the same picture. It looks like one of those little kiddie pools you yeah. get with, with balls in it. That's what it looks like. <laughs> with little plastic balls. I mean, it's it's maybe six feet across. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, what some people get away with calling a ball pit now. <laughs> well, you know, you get a few drinks in them. And <laughs> Where's the integrity gone? <laughs> Where's the, where's the fucking ball pit patrol when you need them? <laughs> that's, 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 we needed that at Trek. We needed a ball pit at Trek. Did when, we ever? When, you know, when, when, when things were starting to slow down toward the end, what we needed. We needed a freaking ball pit. Yep. Uh, well, you know, it should have been all blue. So, uh, yeah, well, no, there, right. me, there, was a well, new, there was enough blue balls. We did have blue balls at Trek when the convention was in town. We did have a ball pit. We did have a ball pit, didn't we? It's called HR. I worked as a ride operator at the theme park one year. Trust me, you don't want a ball pit. Trust me. You have to you have to close it down every day or so to wash them. Gross. Well, you got to keep your balls washed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Marvel, you never get get a long queue. Marvel Entertainment has revealed that Wade Wilson will meet his demise in the pages of Deadpool number two hundred and fifty, which is the forty-fifth and now final book in the current run, set for publication in April. Uh, Writer Jerry Duggan told Nerdist, "Even us telling you that he is dying is not really a spoiler because when you see how he dies, I think your head will explode." Unquote. The timing of this seems... I hate Deadpool so much. I know you do, but... I don't even care. This actually calls back to an earlier story. Okay. Uh, because timing of this is a little suspicious. While the massive success this of the... This is the Spider-Man thing, right? Uh, nope. No, here While we go. While the massive success of the recent death of Wolverine series may have inspired Marvel to kill off another fan favorite, mm-hmm. the revelation that Deadpool will bite the dust comes shortly after 20th Century Fox officially announced a Deadpool movie will arrive in February Dude, 2016. It's, it's exactly like the Spider-Man thing. This is what I'm saying. They're no, no, Fantastic sp- Four. Oh, that's what I meant. Fantastic okay, yeah. Four. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're yeah, stopping. I was going to say, so they don't want the movie to be made. Okay, right. That's how Marvel works Yeah, now. last fall, Marvel <laughs> they announced. They kill their characters until they get the rights back. Uh, the they, film rights. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Because mm-hmm. that's also Fox that's behind well, Fantastic Four. Well, they're not Four. stupid, and I don't fault them. You can't go giving free advertisement to a rival film production company anymore. The way it runs, and especially if there was anything of a track record to indicate anybody but Marvel Studios could do shit with the characters, and they can't. So yeah, fuck them. Keep I, that I, shit. I, under would, wraps. I would agree with that that point, especially because personally, it's almost like uh, what Steve Wynn once said about the the strip with all the casinos and people talking about competition. He's like, you know, competition is good. This is all good for us. We all need this, and I think that. It actually isn't really relevant. If they have a good comic going while someone else has a good movie going, it would actually be beneficial. Why worry about it? But, yeah, those that track record, I could... Yeah. And, exactly to your point, should the Deadpool movie go gangbusters and really you know, be fantastic and break some box office records... Then Marvel puts it back on the shelf again yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. and reaps benefits from here can, it comes I can, back. I can almost guarantee you if they keep the plan of having Ryan Reynolds play him, it's not going to yeah, break yeah. Bo- you know, box office he, records. He, he's got, I, I know he's got a bad track record too. I disagree. I think he's going to embody that character really well. I think I like Maybe him he will the, embody that character well. I hate that character. I don't think anybody likes that character. Well, I know, <laughs> well, they, you, I know that's wrong. Like yeah. that character, I know, yeah. but a lot I hate of people love Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool. Barf. Barf farts. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Hurts. 
Minority Report is getting a reboot on the small screen. Hooray! Months ago, we learned about a TV adaption based on the 2002 Steven Spielberg film was in development. Uh, I got my letter. Over the weekend... (laughs) 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 Over the weekend, it was announced that the Fox Network has officially greenlit the pilot. This script was written by Max Borstein, who did Godzilla, and takes place a decade after the events of the film. It centers on a precog, a person with precognitive abilities, who's struggling to lead a normal life. Oh, yay. Fox. Without the pre-crime unit. Oh, boy. I should really go get some milk, but I don't want to get hit by a buzz. (laughs) (laughs) What a predicament. I really need to return this movie to Blockbuster, but I don't want to be hit by lightning. (laughs) Oh, no. What did I do? Without the pre-crime unit, his purpose seems unclear. Luckily, he meets a female detective who will help put his vision to good use. In real estate. I help people sell their houses days before they're destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) The film starred Tom Cruise. Century (laughs) Precog. And was loosely based on a short story by Philip K. Dick. (sighs) You have bad wiring in your home? Live in Tornado Alley? Fire-friendly children? You name it. I'll come see your home and tell you how long it's got left to live. (laughs) Call Century Precog Real Estate. Because I know you will anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that would be really annoying. Yeah, you. Jennifer Bradford in Sheboygan. (laughs) I know you're calling. Hello. Yeah, exactly. Hello, Phil. God damn it. Every time I call, well, of course I know it's you. You have caller ID? Don't need it. I'm not even done with the commercial. I shouldn't have started this because I'm going to get sued by the Better Business Bureau. I know I will. I just know it. Uh, Fox. So so if the show... Where's the precog that tells them this shit's going to be canceled in six episodes? Yeah, right? That's what they need. Well, no, it's Fox, so it's it'll be a good show, and it'll be canceled after, like, six episodes. I it won't be a good show. That It won't be a good show. It won't be. Isn't the last good show that Fox actually put out was House? As far know. as what's considered uh, yeah, good? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because... Well, I mean, Family Guy is still running, but that's that's less about them, and Simpsons is still on Fox. Well, that's yeah, less Family about Guy's a success and, despite Fox. Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, and same. Th- that's what I was going to say. Same thing with Simpsons. It's a success because of the people that make it, not Damn. not Fox. It was just that it's been on those those shows have been on the channels for so long. It's like, well, we're not going to you know cancel the cash cow. So yeah, right. Right. Bob, Bob the Burgers is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I still have not been able to get into that. Oh, uh, Torgo some loves it. I just I. Every now and then. Uh, I, Christian, I, I love the characters. Oh, Christian yeah. Shaw is great. Uh, and sad news: Tyler Negron, the uh, comedic everyman known for his small, iconic roles in 1980s movies, died Saturday, January 10th, after a long battle with cancer. He was 57, 
a longtime working actor, comedian, painter, and author, and easily recognizable. Negron oh, was yeah. probably most remembered for his everyman roles in films of the 80s, The Pizza Delivery Guy, right. Ring Sean Penn is Pizza, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, <laughs> and The Mailman, who says, what's a little boy like you doing with big boy smut like this in Better Off Dead? As well as parts in Young Doctors in Love, One Crazy Summer, Whoopie Boys, and How I Got Into College. He was in The Last Boy Scout, had that crazy blonde hairdo. That's right. That, uh, Bruce Willis kills kills the character. I'm trying to remember he was uh, the character's creepy. name. Sorry. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I to- it, you totally would know if you ever look up a picture of him. Yeah, if you don't know him, you'll know him. Yeah, he was like, great. Twitter was a one light of those with faces. eulogy all yeah. weekend. Oh, the, yeah, the guy, the guy was in everything. I mean, it, literally actually, everything. He, he would, and and the, last, yeah, the last time I saw him, I said he didn't look very good. And I was kind of wondering if maybe might be, there might be, he's it's very might unfortunate. Be sick or something yeah. or whatever, yeah. Uh, my friend Nug put up a really great piece from him that he did at the Moth a couple uh, years ago. Uh, if you get a chance to listen to that, that's a really, really funny piece and gives you an insight into his childhood and what life was like for him out in California with relatively famous parents. He had, uh, he, he was, his father was the cousin or his cousin was the singer of three dog night. Yeah. His cousin was Chuck Negron Chuck from Negron, three dog yeah, night. Yeah. who did joy to the world and everything. Right. He had oh, a wow. hell of a, just a horrible heroin problem and right. eventually got kicked out of the group, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's back doing solo tours and stuff. Well, well it was that cousin. Every that, now and then. that cousin was the one that announced it on like YouTube to yeah. the, to the nation. And the world, rather. Very sad. Which I did not. Yeah. I found out that he was his cousin. I had no yeah. idea that uh, Chuck Negron was his cousin. If you ever look at his IMDb page, I mean, it literally goes on forever. I mean, yeah. it's just... He was working. He was in every, he was in yeah. everything. He no, was yeah. In everything. God. Yeah, seriously, was, yeah. You're absolutely right. He's just... He's one of those guys that faded into the background, but, you know, still was memorable. He was ultra creepy and ultra hilarious. Yes. The aristocrats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, his aristocrats bit is awesome too. Uh, Penn Jillette had a nice little thing about him. Talked about uh, him and the aristocrats. Sci-Fi announced the latest addition to its development slate: a one-hour futuristic prison drama called Fifty First State. Fifty <laughs> First States instead of is it going to have? It's going to have Adam Sandler. <laughs> I don't remember being in this jail. <laughs> Every morning I wake up and I'm in a new jail. <laughs> 51st states. <laughs> what jail is this? Why am I here? Who did I murder? <laughs> oh. And by the end of the uh, by the end of the day, he's a, he's a hardened criminal stabbing people in the yard. <laughs> wait, and then wait, he goes wait. to bed and he wakes up blank slate again. With with the entire staple of geek shock characters that you have, and the word jail is mentioned, <laughs> you go to Adam Sandler. <laughs> I was sitting here bracing myself for the robot you voice. Know what? I've got to do it now. Because yeah. Ace has been begging for it. Well, I need a, I need a thing. I need a tool. Okay. I guess this will work. Okay. Yeah, this yeah, this is got. I got. It. I'm good. Yeah, I've got my tool. All right. Well, you go ahead. You keep keep on with the rest of the story. What else? All right. All right. He's got well, the, the series tool. will be written by Craig Borton, Oscar-nominated co-writer of Dallas Buyers Club. Craig Boredom. <laughs> Here's the official synopsis. Craig Boredom. I'll tell you the synopsis. I'm good. Thank you. It actually the synopsis works. is a robot is falsely accused and placed in jail. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> I'm innocent, damn it. I swear. They got nothing on me. As the 51st state unfolds. The 51st state is the state of robots. 
The United robots all live. The United States, confronting a prison population stretched to the limit, purchases Greenland and converts it to a frontier prison colony with male and female convicts incarcerated together. You realize that's a misnomer. Greenland is nothing but. It's a frozen wasteland, a terrible tundra. Robot joints freeze up very quickly. Cruel and unusual punishment. Promise conditional freedom. The inmates are driven to the edge of their humanity when that promise is broken among with others. I was driven past that many years ago. You could argue I never had any humanity as I'm a robot in jail. (laughs) Struggling to seize control and exact revenge, reluctant heroes emerge. But what exactly are they fighting for? No one knows. This life is meaningless, (laughs) especially for a robot who's stuck in jail. Fathom a more meaningless existence fathom it you cannot your mortal brain cannot compute a robot stuck in a jail what a waste sure i might kill once in a while but put me out there i've got things to offer i keep it interesting motherfuckers keep me on the streets keep me on the streets no casting news or pilot airing dates have been announced at this time it's another in a recent run of sci-fi horror fantasy fair announced by the channel with sci-fi platter of project in development, including the likes of Image Comics' Five Ghosts, Wolfgang Peterson's Old Man's War, and David Goyer's Superman pre- prequel series, Krypton. <laughs> We've talked about that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> my, agent, my agent tried to put me up. <laughs> <laughs> Put down the mic and yeah. spoke into the can. Only the can listens. Only the can listens. My agent tried to put me up for that role, but I couldn't go to the audition because I'm a robot in jail. <laughs> He's almost got it. He's, it's like right there. It's like right on the edge. Yeah. There's a little bit of tinniness. In yeah, there. No, the can works. I'll take of it. Of course it does. Yes. <laughs> My miserable life. (laughs) I'm serving eight consecutive life sentences. What is that for a robot? (laughs) No one can tell me how long I must stay. (laughs) I'm stuck forever. My one condolence is I'll outlive you bastards. Lord of the Rings, John Rhys Davies is joining the cast of Shannara. I am! (laughs) I'm in the show! MTV. And you have my axe. Ten episodes straight to series drama based on Terry Brooks' book series. Written by Smallville creators Al Goh and Miles Miller. (laughs) What in the fuck is happening? (laughs) Television is nothing but vomit now? (laughs) Nothing but vomit. Well, have you seen The Hundred? Yeah. Oh, God. Shannon. No, I haven't. Is it terrible? It's the lost in space. No. Shannara <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> is set in our world thousands of years after the destruction of our civilization. Oh, thanks a lot, Con- or Thundar the Barbarian. <laughs> the story centers on Shannara family, whose descendants are empowered with ancient magic and whose adventures continuously reshape the future of the world. The first season is based on the Elf Stones of Shannara, the second title in the series. Reese Davies will play King Even Eventine, the uh, Amberleen's grandfather, who has ruled the Elven Kingdom of Aberlorn for decades, flanked <laughs> by his sons Arion and Ander. I hate that. Bonus sentence. points if you can spell any of them. Bonus points if you can say it. Yeah. Right. 
Eventine has done questionable things to keep the four lands at peace. <laughs> I fucked a goat. <laughs> Whatever it takes to keep my kingdom in place, <laughs> I'll do it. Speaking of fucked a goat, you're from Oregon, huh? <laughs> Have you seen Black Mirror? Yes. <laughs> no, that, don't go to spoiler town here. I'm not, but you don't. You don't have to. No. That's, that's yeah. It's right out the bat. That's yeah, amazing. That first Black Mirror episode. I did not care for that first episode. The other two in that first series, I really liked. It's impressive. It's got some good stuff. It's it's our it's our modern uh, Twilight Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. But yeah. did you hear the other great news today? Uh, Netflix is pulling all their BBC shows. No, January uh, 29th or whatever. Yeah. No. Really? Uh huh. Yeah. Ouch. So there's no reason to have Netflix anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Oh, my wow. God. That's, yeah. That sucks. That really sucks. It does. They got a lot of great stuff on there. Shannara will begin filming in New Zealand next month. Oh, oh you crushed his soul, <laughs> Paul. Sorry. Uh. Netflix did it. <laughs> Fucking dummies. <laughs> so now a good, I'm going to have to like speed yeah, watch Bridgeport. Netflix. Yep. Wow. They've been, they've been yanking a lot of good stuff here lately yeah and answer. putting up yeah, a bunch yeah. of tripe like the latest big coup they got was what do you call it friends well friends is okay but if you haven't seen all friends or a bunch of it you know what's coming and then it was i frankenstein oh, like yeah. seriously you're trying to sell me on that you put that on a, things did we recommend yeah what we also recommend taking your eyes out. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Netflix. I, Frankenstein, you hear about it? I watched it. Did you really? You watched you it? You spent money on it? Who are no, you? no, 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 no. I didn't spend money on <laughs> Who it. Who are you? When I, was, when I was back in Wichita helping take care of my mother, my sister rented it. And she's like... Wait, she like, rented it? Yeah. What, what's going on in Wichita? Redbox. <laughs> Not a lot's right going on. Right there is your answer. The answer's in the question. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you live somewhere where you rent I Frankenstein, there is nothing else happening in your world. You might have a shot. <laughs> Do you guys know anybody in Wichita? Yeah. So yeah, she 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 brought it to my dad's house. And she's like, you want to watch this? He's like, I, I don't know if it's going to be any good or not. And I'm like, I've heard terrible things. And they were all justified. Right. I've heard it's unwatchable. Well, I mean, anything that gets a one star on Netflix, yeah. <laughs> they're not the most discerning of audiences. There's well, some shit on there that's got What's his name as a decent stars. actor? I can't... Uh, yeah, he is. Shame uh, on him. But yeah, even Asylum just, Pictures do better than that. But it's just, it's just a horribly <laughs> written film. Well, and that's well, that, that they're trying to use that. As that springboard for what's coming next with, yeah. uh, what is it, uh, a new reboot of... Well, it's, it's all the universal monsters yeah. being... Yeah, who's like, the next one? Isn't, isn't it... Uh, Mummy's the next one. Is it Mummy? That's coming up. Or is it... First the, one's Dracula, the next one's Mummy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, the next one's Dracula. Uh, yeah, Dracula. Frankenstein, and then Dracula, but it's but it's a reboot of the Dracula Hunter guy. Van Helsing? Right. Isn't that I right? Had, I Further that. down the line, so, maybe. Okay. So I, I'm curious to know, was, was I, Frankenstein, better or worse than... Than Van Helsing, oh, uh, worse than Van Helsing. That's possible. Yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I, I had I'm, my, I'm it looks terrible. It my looks friends terrible. who love bad movies were like on 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 Facebook, just like I hope it would be bad. Ha ha, bad. It's mm -mm. just terrible. It's just bad, yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Now it's, we get that special kind of bad that even people that love bad movies don't like it. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's. It's got because it's it almost fails on purpose. It's it's oh. yeah, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Well, hopefully this one will be better. Several genre heavyweights and a few legit horror legends are teaming up for a new anthology film. Horror legends? Horror oh. legends. Oh, had me so <laughs> boned up. That's why I had to make sure that was clarified. Well, I got the AVNs. Uh, you might still be. It's a massive collaboration among a ton of great directors, all teaming up to create an anthology horror project, Tales of Halloween. According to Deadline, it's not the best title. The entire project will consist of 10 segments that all take... Is this take, by the Halloween people? Uh, no, but there's some great names behind it. Uh, 10 segments that all take place in the same small American town, the denizens of which are terrorized by ghouls, aliens, and killers, one Halloween night. Uh, Neil Marshall, behind Game of Thrones, Joe Dante from Gremlins, okay. John Landis, American Werewolf of London, nice. Lucky McKee from All the Cheerleaders Must Die, Stuart Gordon from Reanimator, yes. Mick Garris, who did uh, The Stand and It on TV, yes. uh, Darren Bowsman from Saw 2, Adam Gearsart from uh, Night of the Demons, uh, Andrew Katch, who did Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street Legacy documentary, which is fantastic, uh, John Skip, uh, who's considered the grandfather of Splatterpunk, and Mike Mendez, who did Big Ass Spider, they're all set to participate. That sounds really good. So I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. I about knew this. everyone but that last <laughs> couple, the last few that were on there. Like the last What? Names. You didn't get a We Recommend on Big Ass Spider on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> I get it every fucking time. Uh, no, it, it, it is in my uh, recommended for you list, but I always kind of just thumb past it. Well, when you put David Arquette as favorite stars, <laughs> yeah. that's, what you, that's what you deserve. I just realized you said John Landis is, is uh, doing something in an anthology horror film. Yeah, that worked well last time. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last uh, one? Uh, that'd be Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah, yes, oh, yes. Let's, let's not lose our heads. Oh, over that. This, okay? Yes. <laughs> that's been a long time. Hey, that's wow. been good. That's been a long time. Yikes. Wow. Let us not lose our head indeed. <laughs> Your f- <laughs> and oh, get to the chopper. Get down. Get down. Oh, no. <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> now you really go to the light. <laughs> so gross. So sad. <laughs> That's how it is. One of Guillermo del Toro's <laughs> long-forgotten... I, 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 yeah, well, yeah, make it funny. That was a shame, though. No, I, I, it, was, it was terrible. Yeah, uh, Vic Morrow was a great okay. actor. We can oh blame God, Andy. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fucking Andy's fault. <laughs> Fuck you, Andy. <laughs> You dick. <laughs> it's, God, it's so nice to have somebody else in the room to be blamed for shit beside me. I've gotten so used to that over the years. Andy's great for that. <laughs> Especially when he's not mic'd up. He's just <laughs> kind of he finds himself on a lot of juries. <laughs> your Honor, if I could direct your attention to juror number eight. <laughs> oh, you're right. Get him in here. <laughs> You're free to go, defendant. Yahoo! <laughs> you look like a lousy fuck. Get over here. We're sending you up for this guy's crimes, plus being a turd. Jesus. <laughs> oh, good lord. Oh, I think I just wet myself a little bit. You <laughs> uh, uh, wet me. It was like, oh, oh, dear. Yeah. AVNs, indeed. <laughs> It's a good thing we've scotch-guarded the couch. (laughs) (laughs) One of Guillermo del Toro's long-forgotten would-be film projects is being resurrected as a television series at Amazon. What? 
dubbed a killing on Carnival Row. Whatever. The project. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to know you what you were hoping for. I was him. hoping like it would be the live action Evangelion, but it's not. You, you didn't lying. realize that it was going to be Evangelion? Did you see how he perked up there? <laughs> he like actually sat up in his chair. He's like, oh. Talk about boned up. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carnival on Stink Street. <laughs> Starring Dummy and Dummy. <laughs> the project was born as a film script picked Ow. up by New Line in 2005 uh, by up-and-coming writer Travis Beecham. Del Toro loved the noir tale of humans, fairies, and other fantastic creatures all sharing a Victorian-esque city. The original pitch followed a detective investigating a serial killer allegedly picking off mystical creatures. Oh, so it's just an- yet another way to fuck Bill Willingham. This is this is the continuation of let's fuck Bill Willingham. I thought about that, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what Sounds this like is. Who eventually How do we not pay Bill Willingham? A prime suspect in the murder spree. Del Toro and Beecham worked for years to try to get the film off the ground. But Bill Willingham had something to say about it, I'm hoping. Uh, the studio shelved it around 2011. That was a conversation stopper. And the project slipped into development hell. Uh, here's what Del Toro had told the Hollywood Reporter about finally getting Carnival Row off the ground. Quote, I'm going to make a set, uh, I'm going to make a Deep Star Nine, uh, which is actually the prequel to uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, Deep Star Nine actually stars uh, my butt as the as the robot. You absolutely nailed that accent. My butt is the robot, and it comes in, and when I come in, they say, "Oh my God, look out! It's the Deep Star Nine. And then I. Have a, uh, I cover my lower half in jellies. <laughs> oh, it gives it gives the appearance of a of an uh, of an underwater creature. So you, so you can't see the ruby starfruit coming, is it? Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and I, I, uh, I prepare by eating a heavy diet of Mexican, so that when I rip one, it's like, oh, the creature is bellowing death. <laughs> What's that, Mr. D- You're eating Mexicans? Oh, no, 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 no. You got it all wrong. Uh, I, this is why I don't talk to journalists. Good day. Del Toro out. My drop. He said, we tried to do it for so long as a film that the rights reverted back to Travis as a basic story, and I've always talked about it to anyone that would listen. We always had too many ideas to fit into the feature. We can now really focus on the world and the politics. This has been my great thing they do at parties. I bore the shit out of people. (laughs) Politics of what it is to be a magical being in Victoria. you got a couple hours? Come over here. I want to tell you something. In Victorian fairies and monsters and shit. In a Victorian place, Ste- right? Steampunk atmosphere. How about that? Pleased yeah. to meet you. I'm Bill Willingham. <laughs> oh, fuck. I just stepped in it now. I just stepped right in it. The total out. <laughs> Victorian steampunk atmosphere where you are seen as a lesser being. Del Toro cloud left zip lines going away from him. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, it seems Del Toro will co-write the pilot script with Beecham and TV veteran Rose Echevera, who did the 4400, and also direct the pilot before heading off to pit more robots against giant monsters in Pacific Rim 2. (laughs) Starting my butt. (laughs) Did you say Rose Echevera? Or is it Jose Echevera? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's uh, Rene Echeverry. Rene, okay. Rene Echevara. Doesn't really matter anymore. Rene Echevara. Oh yeah, that's it. Rene Echevara. Not yeah, he, it. I know. Not Rose like the other, I was like, I was like, Rose <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who? That's a fucking plant breed. 
<laughs> Are you John Travolta? Taking first place at the botanical <laughs> contest. Isn't that where the rose the vitamin C from? It's the true. rose echeverian? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Ricola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with rose echeveria. Yeah, I always wonder about that. The guy wasn't standing on top of the hill all the time screaming. He wouldn't eat a fucking throat loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, he and wouldn't. Yeah. How often do you think they clean that horn? <laughs> what, what's growing in there? If he takes a hat, little slightest breath in. I, hell, I clean my horn probably right. more than that. Yeah. yeah, I hear it every morning. Yeah. There's oh. goats up on that mountain. Just goat shit in that horn. <laughs> the National Geographic Channel announced that Neil deGrasse Tyson will host a weekly late night TV series called Star Talk. The show will debut this April. We'll tape before a live studio audience oh, in New York City. There, I should have called it. The grass is always greener. Call him. That could be a segment. Yeah. Call him. Call him and tell him. Call him and tell him. It's a Neil, good, Neil, the grass is always greener. <laughs> what? Just fucking forget it. <laughs> Filmed at New York City's Hayden Planetarium. Quoting Tyson, Cosmos allowed us to share the awesome power of the universe with a global audience in ways we never thought possible. To be able to continue to spread wonder and excitement through Star Talk, which is a true passion project for me, is beyond exciting. A National Geographic channel is the perfect home, and we continue to explore the universe. Uh, Star Talk, the TV series, will be an expansion of sorts of Tyson's Star Talk podcast. Which See, Danger Zone. Yeah, I know you have your issues he's with that not, one. I, I like him, mm-hmm. but he's not very funny. Which merges science, comedy, yeah. and pop Hey-o. culture through no. interviews with no. everyone from John Oliver no. to Buzz Aldrin. It's not very funny. <laughs> is that a is that going to be produced by Nerdist Industries, too? Because I think they do his podcast, don't they? I haven't seen anything about that. Uh, uh, he that hasn't up. finalized the complete format of the TV series, but he did say... He plans to include a one-minute rant each week in the vein of Andy Rooney's famous 60-minute segments oh, no. from fellow science icon Bill Nye. Oh. What's the deal with nebulae? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Why are you sitting there giving birth to new stars, destroying old stars, reconfiguring all space matter? Who do they think they are, these nebulae? <laughs> nebulae. <laughs> And that's another thing. <laughs> Let's get some clarification on the pronunciation of these terms. Oh, boy. Last time I took my son out to a nebulae, they wanted to charge me $18. Now, I'm sorry, but I grew up in a time when $18, you could get five nebulae and a tug. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. On the whole pronunciation thing, I got my friend Paul Mattingly. He was in the Latin club back in Kentucky. <laughs> He'll be able to tell you how it's pronounced. It's called a star hole. <laughs> it's pronounced star hole, de grace. It's always greener. And you used your He-Man figure You're to... You're grace. You used your Still He-Man figure to, describe, to demonstrate Kentucky it, right? Latin right, yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. Kentucky, but Latin's big in Kentucky. <laughs> Pig Latin. Pig Latin. Pig Latin. Sister fucking, it's all there. It's the blue. It's down for you. Blue grass up. Blue grass estate. Yeah. yeah. Speaking to Blay Asgray. Well, the grass is always bluer. Who Blay Asgray, oh, grays. Speaking to EGM, Friday the 13th creator Sean S. Cunningham. Has confirmed that a video game no based relation to Bill Cunningham, no relation, based on the horror franchise is currently in development, with a new television series on the horizon and plans announced for the thirteenth installment of the film franchise, 
we felt the timing was right to finally explore Jason, Camp Crystal Lake, and the rest of Friday the 13th story in interactive form, Cunningham explained in part. We have some exciting new ideas for a game that supplies plenty of replay value while delivering the kinds of thrills and scares that fans of the franchise have come to expect. The developer have the title has not been announced. However, Cunningham uh, says that an experienced quote-unquote studio will be announced in a matter of weeks. Uh, the game reportedly will have an asymmetrical co-op and competitive multiplayer game where groups of players will have to avoid being caught by Jason Voorhees, who is controlled by another player. Oh, that's so, fun. So it's kind of like Evolve. Like Evolve with yeah. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. like, you know, the term interactive Jason just doesn't quite, you know... Well, let's say they haven't hit it out of the park yet. Yeah, it <laughs> It'll be better than the NES like, yeah. it's, That's really easy to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was terrible. Uh, uh, for fans of the uh, Elder Scrolls series, Bethel Bethesda Softworks is giving away its classic uh, RPG Elder Scrolls Arena for PC away for free. All you have to do is visit the official site uh, at www.elderscrolls.com slash arena and find the download link and it's yours. Elder Scrolls Arena is the first game of the popular RPG series. Its success would spawn much, many more sequels and spinoffs, such as Daggerfall, which is also available for free on the site, Battlespire, uh, Redguard, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, and of course now The Elder Scrolls Online. Have you played that yet? Online? No, and I probably won't. I have a hard time at this point paying a monthly fee for a game. Yeah. Because I feel obliged to play that game and only that game. Right. Not to mention, you're not really an online game person anyway. Not really. For the most part. Nah, I'm single player games, man. That's really all I care about now. I yeah. think uh, Minecraft is the first one I ever really, really saw you go online multiplayer with anybody. And and it, it was a complete joy. And you find the right game multiplayer. I mean, the, the one with the zombies... Uh, Left for Dead. Left that for was dead. great. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, right. So, right. so some, and I look forward to Evolve. That's kind of along what good. I was describing with that Jason game, cool. where one person is the monster, four people are versus that monster. Well, they're doing that in Halo. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just you can yeah. set up a game type. Well, it even goes back to the the GameCube Pac Man, where you had uh, oh, yeah. the one player was Pac Man and everybody else was the ghost, and you were trying to find Which, Pac Man again. A brilliant concept. Right. I love that idea. What about Dragon's Lair? Am I looking at right now? Oh, yeah, look at the DVD collection of Dragon's Lair. They have the DVD w where? And you can actually, I don't think they make this particular one anymore, but I think there's a Blu-ray version that <laughs> is available. You can actually play it on your Blu-ray yeah. player. Your, your your remote control is the controller. The only so, reason, remember, so it's playable. Remember when the um, uh, Panasonic 3DO first came out? Yes. Oh, yes. The only reason I got that was because Dragon's Lair was available. Right. For right. It. That was a game I used to get a hard-on for every time I saw it. Yep. And, and I haven't seen it. In years, oh wow! Oh, and yeah. so you can. That's so, not that hard to come by. You could eBay that bad boy for probably under twenty. Well, it's also got Space oh. Ace too, and yeah. Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair One and Two, yeah. uh, Time Warp, oh. and uh, Space Ace. And yeah, there's there is a Blu-ray collection out there. Oh. And the same thing, you use your uh, your remote control, your and for your DVD player too. I believe you can also it. get it for your phone. You can download it on your 3ds. Yeah. I have it for my 3ds. Okay, you, and uh, I think you get it on your phone, your iPad. I think it's available now. Yeah, I've seen a few different versions of it. Hell! So. We're in the future, <laughs> oh, yeah. baby. We're in the future. <laughs> this ghoul, I love it. Sorry, I did not mean to No, no, you, you can please. We're, we're not living in the past. I love. We're not living in the past or the present anymore. <laughs> this is the future. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, smarty. <laughs> Doc! Oh, smarty, we have to get you back to the future. <laughs> God wow. damn it. 
That was pretty good. <laughs> and I put how many one of the gigawatts into this dead ass DeLorean over here? That you know, gigawatts and three pounds of cocaine, and you know, get this thing back to the future so you can go, you know, try to screw your mother. Uh, yep. I have no idea what you're saying, Doc. <laughs> You'll find out, Marty. You'll find out. Quick, somebody rescue me. This is going to hell quickly. Jeff, your Marty is the best I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I was impressed with that. Yeah, I've had a little practice. <laughs> well, got to watch. Your, uh, your got to watch Rick and Morty. I mentioned it last week. You got to watch Rick. You and know, Morty. I have to throw a thank you to Scott because he actually made us copies of Rick and Morty to watch. So uh, soon I will be watching this. So thank you, Scott, for doing that. That's really kind of Rick you. and Morty, dude. That's the that's the show. Uh, buried in its 2014 statistics, Barry, Rob, <laughs> about what pornography people like to consume. Adult entertainment portal Pornhub revealed its yearly uh, findings, which consoles were the most popular vehicles <laughs> oh, for yeah. visiting its site and consuming its adult entertainment offerings. I saw this article. According to Pornhub, Xbox and PlayStation system owners were undeniably heavy users of this category, nearly splitting their consumption equally. Xbox, we assume they include both the 360 and One owners, represent 45.7% of console traffic to the porn site, while PlayStation owners, again, assumed 3 and 4, uh, represented 40% of console traffic. Uh, traffic from PlayStation devices was down dramatically by 36.8%, according to their data. Uh, traffic from the Wii and Wii U was up substantially in 2014 by a whopping 69.9%. Uh, still, that console only represented 8.2% of all console traffic. Yeah, the so, PS3 was the reigning king for, yeah. for a long time. Xbox, now the reigning porn hub yeah. king. I like that they use the term that porn you know, like 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 to consume. You know, that's I, if you've ever seen the films, you know what they like to consume. Yeah, yeah, you know, not all I, of I, them. You know, no, Some not, of those bitches. God damn it! Here goes Commander K. Here we go. <laughs> wanting me to put it in her ear because every time I go up to her, she turn her head. <laughs> and finally, you've probably heard of the Stanley Hotel. The Stanley. This century-old landmark in Estes Park, Colorado, is the spot that inspired Stephen King to write The Shining after he and his wife stayed there. Now you can design a giant hedge maze inspired by the hedge maze in The Shining on the Stanley Hotel grounds. The Stanley Hotel Public Hedge Maze Contest is now open for submissions. The goal is simple. Simple. Design a 61,500 square foot hedge maze inspired by the maze in Stanley Kubrick's movie and use 1,600 to 2,000 aspen current hedge bushes to do it. The hotel has provided a simple template as well as a uh, simple example of what a maze design might look like. The deadline is midnight on January 31st. The prize, you get your name placed on a recognition placard in the center of the maze. Uh, winning the contest would also be a great chance to stay at the Stanley Hotel when the maze opens. The hotel evidently plays The Shining in a never-ending loop on Channel 42 in the guest room TVs. Now, Stanley Kubrick didn't actually film The Shining at the Stanley, though. The uh, exterior shots were taken at the palatial Timberline Lodge in Oregon. Uh, but funnily enough, the uh, fancy hotel from Dumb and Dumber was actually filmed at the Stanley Hotel. So, the, you know, design your own maze based on the shine. That that ended really good, didn't it? That, yeah, that, that's 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 really something I think you want. That's that's what you, you want. Bring the in-laws. Make you know, sure, yeah. yeah. Something inescapable and deadly. What if you, what if you it's mix... Back, it's, back, it's back to the helicopter thing again. It's kind of like... It yeah. is. Yeah. What if you mix your genres and make your uh, hedge maze spell out Excelsior? 
I think I See, that's where I thought Paul was going to go. I thought he was going to go, listen up, true believers. <laughs> I, think if the, I think if you put in the middle a, a cold stone jack lying on the ground, I think you got a winner. You that's Stone Cold Jack Stone Kirby. Cold Jack, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was just imagining Shelley Duvall in 101 different poses, but hey, that's me. <laughs> that is you. That's, yeah, you and only you. <laughs> hey, I had to get my Popeye on. Uh, that would be uh, interesting to have a bunch of frozen oh, Scatman Carruthers <laughs> hanging out there. <laughs> Maybe a couple of Hong Kong fooies too. Yeah. And <laughs> what you want in your hedge maze? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Hedge maze. You call it hedge corn. That's <laughs> 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 the American term, yes. <laughs> Phil, Eric, thanks for joining us. This oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. This has been fantastic. Like, this, yeah, I've, had a, I've, I've had a ball and I needed one because the other one hasn't ascended. Yet, so yeah. <laughs> oh, remember, I got the book. Max Adventure. Are you alternate? Go Fund. Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Fuck, I'll never get it right. Indiegogo. 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 That would be an awful fun name site, by the way, Paul. <laughs> Fuck, I never get it. I'm, never, I'm sure someone has that domain. Right. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a dot com for everything out it's there. A right? org. It's like, yeah. a dot org. <laughs> dot info. Yeah. Yeah. Please fund me. Oh, fuck. I never get anything. Yeah. It dot might, info. I mean, if, you, if, you, if, you can go, if you can go to a website called Rate My Poop, you know, then you know. Rate and there's, my uh, poo. And there's one out there. Rate my poo. Yeah. Yeah. Now you gotta, what are you looking on? It is well, a, uh, well, I'm, well I'm, you know, I, I got. I'm hey, leave him alone. Compet- he got divorced. I'm going to see if I got any competition. You know, I don't think anyone can compete next to your Indiana Jones right. boulder size. And now it'd have to be rate my poop dot biz. So <laughs> or gov. I mean, <laughs> rate my biz well, definitely, poop. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. The famous Paul. It is Jeff. Commander K. And we'll talk to you next week. And Geek. Wait, who's this guy? Back to Jack Tandy. Oh, he's there. <laughs> get it. Get him. Get him. Get him out of here. <laughs> Back in the corner. Back in the corner. Are you gonna Shoe. Go- Shoe. Are you going to dress up like a clown and I'm take the broom the, and I'm get the fucking bottle. <laughs> get the bottle. I'm going to hose you. Get the oh, squirt bottle. Oh, a seltzer we'll water. A seltzer bottle. We we'll use a squirt bottle on him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get off. Off. <laughs> off, Andy. Off. Back in the box. Okay. <laughs> Back in the box.